If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. In spite of... Uh, our uh, affinity towards the longer format there is a bit of a dearth of that and uh, we are now also focusing a lot on ipl what with what with the tournament coming to uh, near its own end for this season to help sort of look at what's going on in the ipl and uh, also rest of the cricket world we have a couple of very special guests it's a very special episode because these guys have been friends with us for a while and supporting us so welcome to the podcast venkat and shrini from the yellow and blues cricket podcast thanks ajit thank you thanks ajit first of all how are you guys doing good thanks um yeah it's it's been it's been a while i think since i've been on the podcast and uh, yeah it's interesting uh, the ipl is on so yeah look well it's coming to a close if you like you know we are in the business end mm. um, and obviously the cricket season has started here as well um i probably been playing less cricket this season or moved more into the umpiring side of it you know starting to do more umpiring than than playing good to hear i mean that's still a way of getting staying involved yeah that's that's a way of staying involved and actually it's like you know um you you tend to meet more people and you tend to see the game more than you know when you're playing when you're just limited to your own games mm-hmm. so that that's why it's interesting to like you know look at um what's happening you know around around the place where we live and around the leagues and the clubs where is other clubs nice also i hear you support your club uh, in the background with uh, media and other things yeah i i tend to do that so i i play the occasional um, friendly games you know venkat actually well, he will obviously talk about himself so let him know he's kind of our sunday league captain and does all of the kind of management and other bits and bobs around the team i do more of the online um, mm. stuff with all the play cricket stuff that the 
clubs need now to like you know most of the leagues in fact require to manage stats and thing and and the players themselves are also interested in their stats so it's that's another side of it to keep so many more volunteers like needed to manage a club indeed now i mean the the amount of work that is put in by the volunteers behind the scenes uh, can never be underestimated and it's almost always unrewarded but uh, nonetheless kudos on what you're doing over to you venkat yeah um yeah we're looking forward to the um exciting week i mean this week we have friendly cricket um so yeah it's been it's been rather busy week with all the ipl action um re- still recovering from kohli's uh, knock <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then some so yeah it, it's been an exciting week and um yeah really happy to join um this this podcast and um yeah let's get get going great also before i uh, get into the action of the week um so by sunday league do you mean like you guys play 35 hours or something and it's is more a social league is it yeah it is um okay. it's supposed to be social but it's anything mm. social it's like hyper competitive <laughs> um, of course yeah. yeah it is but it's 40 hours um 40 hours aside um and then yeah pretty much normal playing conditions will just stay in and within the 30 yard circle mm-hmm. yeah sometimes we get proper umpires and sometimes we get uh, players to do that umpiring but uh, you know how it turns out right <laughs> of course i mean look in all the lower leagues as well as these uh, social leagues usually they are yeah. batting team umpires and uh, you you give as good as you get and so on so i'll not go yeah, there at all that's all that is isn't <laughs> but also look um sometimes no matter which player you are where you're playing sometimes you come to the social leagues as well just to enjoy bask in the sun a little bit and also some some people come with the goal of uh, gaining form uh, i've played for a social team occasionally and i've seen that somebody from the top league comes and he smashes you for 150 of just 70 balls and he's like i'm set for the season now that can happen if you are unlucky now uh, getting back uh, to the action on field let's first go uh, take a look at the international odi series between bangladesh and ireland so even with two games left the first game in in our previous episode we had discussed was washed out as a result south africa qualified directly for the world cup but ireland look they were playing at home i think they have been competing really well so both away while playing in bangladesh and at home uh, playing against bangladesh they have been competing really well but does the result let you down because at least one of those games i thought having batted first the second of the odis they made such a huge score right you would think 319 they would be able to defend in a truncated 45 hour game yeah i mean you you say home but it's still been away in the sense of they're actually playing mm. it rather than um at at home you know the the whole idea was because of the uh, the rainy season started the summer in in ireland they decided to play uh, right. in, in london in chelmsford and thought like you know, we'll get away but then obviously as you said the first game rained off mm I think yeah again going back to the point though it's, it's probably the bowling that's let them down I mean that second game I think that was the game that um Harry Tector mm-hmm. you know scored 140 and George Ruggles son of 74ish but yeah, I I think it's it's the bowling that that probably let them down absolutely look uh, when it comes to uh, key moments and um, what is much a repeated uh, phrase in cricket for sure but they didn't seize the key moments for example uh, nasmul hussain shanta was the only guy batting when tohid hridai got out they had a chance to get into the game bangladesh only won in the last over with three balls remaining right and um 
Taijul Islam got out again. So it's about a couple of dots here and there, maybe one over with eight instead of 10. And that sort of couple of those events make a difference and you run away winner with like three runs or something. I mean, now with IPL going on, um, you can see how much even one of those small saves in the outfield might make a difference and so on. It's probably down to the experience. When you look at their main bowlers, they had Josh Little back from the IPL. Mark Adair almost always regularly opens their bowling. They, you couldn't say, had their first choice bowling attack. But again, George Dockrell showed a bit of uh, consistency and a bit of maturity, both with the ball again. He took two wickets. I mean, he started his career as a bowler after all. But, you know, I think, for example, Curtis Camphor was underbowled, I thought. Andy McBride never turned up in the whole series. And Graham Hume is still learning his uh, craft. So, you're absolutely right. It's their bowling that let them down. Um, but also, I think uh, those key moments, small things, uh, their captain, as good as he is, Balbirni, I think uh, he also has to take that journey where, you know, as a skipper, you grow and the more you play, the better you get. Yeah, just on on that, um, mm. I think Bangladesh have been in this situation a lot more as a team mm. than Ireland have been ever. So, you know, Bangladesh, you know, there are a lot of players there at least have, have 10 years of experience. Right. Shakib Rajan right. has been playing since I was a kid, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of um, that that um, point you touched upon. I think makes a lot of sense and helps you in capturing those key moments. Um, so Bangladesh are no strangers to pressure. They've mm-hmm. they've kind of played as a team together a lot more than Ireland, but Ireland put up a really good show. Yeah, see uh, when it comes to the last game. Spinner somewhat did better. I mean, both the spinners did much better, in spite of you know playing in air quotes swinging conditions or uh, early early summer conditions. But you can see um, then Bangladesh, whom you thought you know they might struggle to defend two seventy four, they were able to do that again. This is the experience coming through, right? It's not just the amount of runs you have. Like you would have seen it probably playing in pure league also. Sometimes even a one seventy one eighty can be defended if the set of people defending it are experienced and they know when sort of the most important moments are coming up and they're sort of prepared. There comes a catch, there might be a run out that might be seized. And here you saw that again in the chase, they fell flat. They had a solid contribution from the top four, at least four out of five, right? And then in that crucial, let's say that finishing push never came and they fell short by five runs. So again, it, it you can put it down to inexperience, no doubt. But at the end, they would be asking themselves, did we let a chance go of you know qualifying directly? Because qualifying directly also means a difference in the price. Not just the circuitous route you have to take to get to the World Cup, no doubt of that. But as a board, they could have definitely used that little Philip, that few more you know hundreds of thousands of pounds or whatever that they would get. That would definitely help. So these are like small margins that in the end end up costing much more if you're a board like Ireland. At least going forward, do you see Ireland going through the uh, qualifiers in Zimbabwe still making it to the World Cup? I think it will probably be difficult one there, isn't it? Because of the fact that, you know, West Indies are playing in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zimbabwe are there. Zimbabwe are there. So there, there, is, mm-hmm. there is more, again, it comes back to the fact like you know, there is more um, experience there than potentially they can do that. So that's going to be the difficult one you you would you would start with thinking like you know west indies and um, zimbabwe start as favorites mm-hmm. in terms of going through right that's probably where 
you would start with you know and then kind of see whether whether they can uh, make it Whence, is, this is actually going to be in zimbabwe isn't it the yes the qualifier um, will be played yeah. in zimbabwe yes so it gives them the potential home advantage in terms of that for zimbabwe mm-hmm. um so i i yeah you you're right you know in terms of the the sort of planned and both home and away they had the opportunity to playing in bangladesh and then kind of you know putting in this series but neither of them uh they managed to do i i i'd be hard pressed to think like you know outside of zimbabwe and uh, uh, west indies as mm. my favorites in terms of going through right so yeah but venkat uh, you were going to say something no i was just going to say you know i do agree i mean i think west indies uh, even even a shade uh, of what their former self they still you would count them to qualify in this mm. case and and of course zimbabwe have that home advantage especially with um, Darren Sami being yeah white ball coach being as you know someone who's actually mm. maybe not certainly a um, uh, ODI world cup but still like you know uh, the experience of winning two T20 world cups you would you would expect him to instill more that kind of you know sort of mentality in in mm. investors right look i mean you brought this up so i think it's a good point to discuss he is more of a good motivator i think he's a more of a good leader so he'll be off the field but when he won the world cup as a captain i think he didn't do much as a player in both those world cups he just made sure the right people were motivated more like a brearley guy right i mean he is also very yeah. skilled no doubt but somebody who can also who knows how to motivate the players around him and he is no stranger to the politics and the other things that are going around in that region and i also expect he'll be uh, probably getting more of those players in who sort of turned mercenary or you know um, looked the other way and then made their own careers maybe west indies cricket this is a good this is a really good move also andre cooley has been appointed as the tests uh, coach and i don't know enough about him but i expect that's been a very uh, let's say a very carefully considered appointment as well so we really hope west indies uh, they're able to grow from strength to strength starting with you know qualifying for the world cup and then going from there of course right and not to mention um brand lara is still their performance mentor uh, mm-hmm. i don't know how much his sunrises hyderabad <laughs> stint mm-hmm. would help him but he's still there till um, next year janathan so that's right. going to be Uh, definitely useful if not it uh, definitely look i think lara as a coach has also evolved quite a bit so uh, i think a decade ago yeah. he was not as effective as a coach now he is a different beast simply because um, as a genius you simply cannot understand why people can't do what they <laughs> they can think in their heads like he's a genius right that's what so it's very uh, it's very difficult for the likes of him to but then now yeah. I think he's, he's as I said he's a much different guy he understands how to communicate he understands uh, yeah. the different problems players might face right and so on but indeed they have a good setup behind the behind the scenes yeah i mean that's that's the thing uh, interestingly enough uh, that the point you make about you no know, we hmm. probably years ago we saw that with tendulkar in itself you know when he was captain <laughs> why he was not a successful captain because the expectation that he sets uh, right completely like you know off off the thing and i was watching a uh, um an, an interview yesterday in, in, in a completely different sport in in, in football mm. um, and 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 the same point was made like you know how like you know top level football professionals actually like do not make for like you know um, good managers because 
they lack the sort of you know the empathy to like you know understand when some a player makes some mistakes and then comes in and kind of you know rather than getting angry at him to say you made a mistake to kind of have sympathy it, you know if you feel I, i don't know how many kind of you know obviously this being a cricket thing podcast and stuff like that but if mm. you just pick up on the football side of it you know you, you pick up the names of like you know whether it's the the world famous pep guardiola um alex ferguson mm. arsene wenger etc none of them jose mourinho and stuff none of them were great anywhere near like you know, they were probably mediocre or below kind of footballers but the greatest coaches that side of the game has seen you know and, and you could probably pick even even in the cricketing world going back to like you know sure andy flower probably but you know there are exceptions like andy flower and gary kirsten etc who did perform at the high level and mm. went on to become great coaches but then there was probably quite a few you would pick up you know the likes of john buchanan etc who were right. not really great cricketers but went on to become like you know excellent coaches mm. because of the man management and things like that um so yeah it's it's an interesting thing isn't it because those players don't understand because they can deliver it they expect everybody to deliver at the same level they are able to deliver which doesn't come for like you know most most players so we'll see we'll see how um darren sami takes west indies forward yeah indeed and um, you know i hope he's given the rope uh, he did good with the team when he was a captain i guess he's given the same set of time to prove himself again as a coach looking at the kind of the path to the cricket world cup in terms of the qualifier we completely missed the fact that sri lanka are also in the qualifier so it, it may not even be zimbabwe mm. actually end up being sri lanka and west indies mm. so yeah the likes of like you know netherlands scotland ireland are going to find it difficult you know with the fact that sri lanka west indies and zimbabwe are in there is it just two teams that would qualify yeah it's two teams to qualify oh the qualifiers okay that's then a very relevant point i always thought four teams would qualify in that case well uh, teams like netherlands ireland even one of zimbabwe or sri lanka themselves and all the stand is you know then you have also some very good teams nepal oman scotland so it's going to be a very good competition so but you would still back the test teams to get through yeah, yeah. what you're saying yeah so sri lanka and probably it's going to be a tough a tough pick but maybe sri lanka and west indies will go through then it's, it's going to be interesting one that tournament to follow going on I think we should get to the meat of the matter. IPL has just a few games left in the league stages and uh, we are we are actually witnessing a very uh, you know interesting seesawing sort of a game between uh, Rajasthan Royals and Punjab Kings right now where I think I think they are actually reviewing it but Hetmyer may have just been dismissed. Right? So based on that um ah uh, well the from the replays what I see I think he'll get away with it. I don't think he's hit that. But in any case um it looks like you know this is going to be a humdinger but Nonetheless, one of these two teams will probably walk away from uh, here with a chance. The other one is probably going to be knocked out. So let's start right there. If you look at the games over the last couple of days, so RCB beat SRH. They kept the chances still uh, for themselves. Of course, Delhi Capitals now comfortably having uh, uh, been sitting on the bottom of the table for a while. They don't want to be there when the tournament ends, right? So they're they're going to now do as much damage as possible. <laughs> so. they beat punjab kings lsg are now coming back because that sort of lost their way but they beat mumbai who were sort of on a resurgent run but now are sort of stymied because of that gujarat titans qualified comfortably the day they beat srh they also knocked them out in terms of qualifiers so i'm just looking at the last four or five games and csk stumbled a little bit against kkr so usually csk as i was saying off air 
uh, it is now the time that they usually come into their own this is dhoni territory right the back end of the tournament uh, nonetheless let's start with csk after all you are a love uh, podcast right uh, what do you guys think on how csk is doing um how csk done i mean yeah well let's probably pick it up from where they ended last season i guess you know if if he just started from there it's mm. a massive massive work done you know, in terms of from being in the bottom two mm. probably uh, at this time they were probably in definitely obviously in the bottom two you know at this time with one game to go they were in the bottom two to right now where with one game to go they are in the top two so right. that's like a massive um change in 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 the direction that they have moved um mm. so you overall you would think you know it's 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 been quite successful season obviously from a fans perspective the success will depend on the fact that you know, they go on and win the IPL all hmm. as this all this talk about is this Tunis last season or not uh-huh yeah nobody knows um except him i guess you know everybody is still playing the guessing game i dare say not even him but that that's fine we'll yeah. we'll discuss that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it you know with with that in mind i mean you, yeah in in some ways like you know Mm. depending on how you read the queues last year he said i want to finish you know with chennai um actually playing at home in the sense of that so with with you know taking that into account you would think but then he's been giving mixed messages and whether it's a case of like you know as he plays he realizes mm. i can do it another season but i personally me i think it's a stretch too far it's in in some ways he he may actually be able to do it but i still think like you know overall as a development of the franchise it's probably a step to far to take you know for him to play another year mm. um, from a i suppose from a overall kind of you know um perspective it's it's probably been the same thing shivam dubey for me has been the biggest find you know um mm. him and tushar deshpande i mean tushar deshpande in a lot of ways when i saw it the first game you know, the way he came in as an impact player and got absolutely marmalized mm. and then to be at 19 wickets um <laughs> now that's definitely been those two are the like you know, younger finds of the finds of the season uh, and i think matisha patirana as well from sri lanka like you know he's been another revelation so overall mm-hmm. in terms of the final qualification it's it's in csk sans you know beat dc and you don't have to worry about all the other results etc you can right. you can comfortably rest in assuming like you, know, you will be in the top 2 cuz none of the others are probably going to get there will will make it that much more easier um so that's kind of fair i think venkat your thoughts yeah of course i mean um this season has been fabulous fabulous um donis keeping for example you know has no indication some of the you know saves that he did um is just out of the world you know full flat stretched um mm-hmm. yeah i mean so that if at all anything is going to uh, be an indication that uh, that he can continue that that keeping on how he has fair this been fantastic ritraj gaikwad conway rahane have um, mm-hmm. what a what a turn around what a find i don't know how dhoni managed to un- uncover a t20 player in ajinkya rahane is anybody's surprise but uh, no it was always there i guess it's like you know as they say ash yeah. covered uh, coal that's hot it's just of ash course. covered he just blew the ash away yeah of course yeah that's what i'm saying i mean he's like, he's been fantastic um and much um needed boost and um, jadeja has always been the, there and there bouts for for the franchise 
So mm-hmm. I think it's been a fantastic season. You know, we are really looking at, you know, just two more games um, to close out two or three more games. And I think we'll be, um, you know, once again lifting and giving a run for Mumbai for their money for the top number of uh, APL tournaments won. So that right. is there. Definitely, I think there are um, nagging issues as well. If you look at their chances, what could come is the number four, number five batting. Uh, Ambati Rider hasn't really delivered. Moin Ali is going for fair few runs. Um, you know, so those are all the, the, the factors um, that, that can pr- pretty much affect um, the chances. So we are really top uh, heavy in terms of batting. The bottom half, half hasn't really delivered as much as the top half. So except for Dhoni, who has, who has played some really good cameos. Uh, Bowling-wise, we are pretty much sorted. So Chennai is looking strong and it depends on which team turns out, turns up for their next two, three games and that determines how it's going to be. Well, that way, I think it's just one game, the do-or-die game, as I was explaining off air. So if they stumble in the last game and let's say Bangalore and Mumbai both win their games, then Chennai are out. So Chennai and uh, LSD have this odd point advantage, right? They had one game... uh, rained out. So in that case, um, you could think, you know, uh, all Chennai need to do is win the last game. Then they'll have 17, which will be more than RCB and Mumbai will be able to make. So most likely, they're they're going to probably win it. So, you know, when you look at uh, Chennai, the last, last is when they come good. And this is, as I said, Dhoni territory. They are also playing the last game in Delhi though you know they always have yeah. the home advantage but for once they're playing in Delhi and I told you Delhi are on a giant killing spree they really <laughs> don't care you know as the famous uh, Hindi saying goes hum to hai sanam, tum ko bhi saath so they're just probably on those uh, those uh, type of uh, this thing situations but I, I will expect Chennai to come firing right and then also Devon Conway uh, somebody at the top, like a Michael Hussey type role, playing at 110, 115 strike rate, but batting deep into the innings and occasionally coming really good. Right? He also has done a wonderful job. And you have enough contribution between Rahane, Dube, Mainali, uh, Raidu has not fired indeed, and Jadeja. Right? Between these set of players, they have done enough, let's just say, right? that they are going to try and uh, get through. I actually back Chennai to beat uh, Delhi in that last game, right? And then uh, go through. So Delhi and Chennai, uh, we have dealt with now. But with that win against Chennai, Kolkata Knight Riders came back. And also in that game, something unique happened that Sunil Narayan, who was sort of uh, wicketless for like nine games or something, took a two for 15, a typical Sunil Narayan two for 15, right? And that helped them beat uh, Chennai and the other guy who beat Chennai was one of Chennai's own Varun Chakravarti, right? Uh, the guy who bowls mystery balls, he took two wickets as well, and that ensured you know Chennai were kept to one forty four. So speaking of speaking of KKR, right? They have a little bit of a misfire in top order. That's a big problem now. Jason Roy had some contributions in the middle of the tournament. Rahmanullah Gurba started the tournament well, but since then they have gone quiet. Same for Venkatesh Iyer. Right, Nitish Rana has been there or thereabouts. Rinku Singh is a real revelation for me. And Russell seems to wake up and shut down, wake up and shut down. I don't know what is going on. If this is to be believed, and Sunil Narayan has come back, so this is one of the franchises that has solid top order um, contributions required. 
also from the bowling perspective they have a few inexperienced fast bowlers vibhav arora harshit rana all of these people right you have shardul thakur there who is the experienced one but he'll not take the new one you know at ten times so they have some things to think about but do you think they have a chance at all kkr no i think i mean fundamentally the way how you look at it is it's basically four teams for three spots csk hmm. lucknow rcb and mumbai pretty much ah. these four these are the four teams that are looking to you know gujarat obviously sealed between hmm. it's it's primarily between these four teams that i think uh, but mathematically i think that's that's how it is it's like between these four teams right someone's going to get like you know the um, three spots as it stands cuz hmm. if if you look at it where are chennai and lucknow or in 15 each and so right. lucknow play kkr uh, the best kkr can get is to 14 so which means still like you know chennai and lucknow have well rcb and mumbai um unless they both lose mm, which mm. could give but then the, the run rate is kind of you know um minus 2 for kkr so they will really need to win with a big margin or mm. um lucknow will uh, sorry rcb will need to lose with a big margin against gt right for me so so looking at that you know sort of the net run rate element of it um and i think yeah KKR versus LSG you would think LSG to be safe because if Lucknow lose and RCB and Mumbai win then mm. obviously they go above uh, yes. Lucknow and so mm. I think Lucknow will want to win as well so I suspect it's basically the top or the, the teams that are 2 3 4 5 essentially it's between them to like you know who seals the remaining three spots right it's a very very outside chance for KKR but you know with with their negative run rate mm. um I I I think it's kind of the probability is very very low for me. Right. So you're absolutely right. I mean Kolkata United will need a miracle both on and off the field. So they'll need to win their last game but also hope for a lot of results to go their way because you need Mumbai and Royal Challengers both to lose and and also you'll need one of Chennai or uh, to, yeah. I mean so they'll they have to beat Lucknow right and then they hope Chennai also loses or something and something really miraculous. Oh, even then it won't. They, they basically they, their hope is if they beat um, hmm. they beat Lucknow, they'll get to 14, and then they will right. hope that both Mumbai and RCB lose because essentially they are the only two ones. Because with Chennai and uh, even if Chennai lose, for example, they'll still hmm. be on 15, and um, because of that odd point, you know, and Lucknow even if they lose to KKR, they'll still be on 15, and KKR can only get to 14. So then they will require RCB and Mumbai basically to lose. Exactly. Uh, for them to like you know be mm. there so it's yeah i think they've sort of left it slightly and now rcb and mumbai are already on 14 so it it will come down to basically like all three of them will be on 14 even if they lose and that will come down to run rates between the three of them to see which one of them can actually go through i think that's where the difficulty for kkr is yeah well just to add to that kkr mm. um, i think if rcb lose um even by 30 runs i think kkr still have to win by 78 or something exactly I exactly i i remember that article as well the net run rate is quite different, quite huge it is difference. quite um, it, it is looking unlikely for kkr let's put it that way um, fair enough if you go one step further from there so i think we've talked a lot about bangalore and uh, mumbai at least these two teams have a chance as in if they win their games they have a chance of making it to the next stage based on their own results yeah. so of these two kkr uh, sorry bangalore has a much better net run rate 
and in spite of a wonderful fighting 100 by henrik klassen kohli's 100 topped it off so i think uh, you are saying venkat you are still recovering from that yeah it was uh, it was um, you know um, a run fest that game was wasn't it um so first uh, knocked by klassen which was uh, just outclassed by rat <laughs> kohli because it was on the chase uh, that's mm. why saying that i mean um, of course klassen played against better bowling you can argue uh, mm. <laughs> um but uh, you know kohli's knock was just belligerent uh, best you know he, he the first ball he timed you know you, you could see I saw that the, shot. Yeah. It was especially when you saw it, right? Those first two shots. The first one is just he put his bat in the right place. Nothing else. Yeah. It flew off the bat, and the next mm-hmm. one he was he sort of took the bowling on, and both of them oh. went to clean uh, boundaries. So that was very interesting. Absolutely well spotted. Also, I think Faf Duplessy took the initial pressure off. I think Kohli was still yeah. I think twenty eight of eighteen something like this, and then Faf accelerated from that point on, and that's that ensured the power play was very well handled and even the crucial overs between 7 and 14 right 7 14 15 this was very well handled thanks to fafty plessy but by then kohli's engine was warm enough and he rushed through and he started hitting those wonderful shots 12 boundaries yesterday and four sixes wonderful just and most of them were placed actually i mean kohli the the classic player right yeah. you can see he was the real special one there and he ensured you know that uh, rcb would win and win comfortably it went into the last over but not a lot of uh, doubt i think michael bracewell did a very good job there making sure there was no nerves for <laughs> rcb in the end but thinking of this team look um, their top 3 is very strong we know this and in in their bowling as well they have a couple of working links so siraj is probably having the time of his life right and then harshal patel on and off between harshal patel and wayne farnell they are doing something they are not doing enough but between the two of them they are doing one bowler's job more or less but then their spin contingent is really not shown up has not done much for example yesterday karan sharma and uh, shabaz ahmed went for a lot of runs so that would that would be a real worry but do you see bangalore going all the way first of all winning the remaining match putting themselves in a position to qualify and then going all the way well their challenge is obviously they are against the might of gujarat in terms of the last game so that's going to be their big um, challenge mm. right honestly gujarat seem to be like a juggernaut you know just the second year but arthik mm. punya especially like wow, shubman gill he, he seems to be batting in a different a tournament right. to everybody else so that's that is, that is going to be probably you know rcb's challenge you touched about their top 3 but i think that pretty much is been the story of you know i was listening to your podcast from last last episode you know in terms of you know where you're talking about like kind of rcb's chances in terms of qualifying and you mm. know going back all the way to like you know the one time they could have done was kumble's period and etc right. etc but if you if you looked at the entire period you know, and we venkat and we were having this conversation a few days ago in terms of their axis if, if you take virat kohli and then kind of look at their top three is always been like you know now it's um faf and glen maxwell before that um abd williams and um, virat kohli and who else yeah. was there? Chris Gale. So it's always mm. been like you know, there's been Kohli, and then there's been two other players. That has pretty much been their format. You know, their their failure, if you like, going all the way back has almost been they've just got this top three who can bat, and then behind that, there, there's been mm. nothing sort of thing. That probably has always been been their challenge, and so it's a question of like you know, okay, um, 
how how are they going to address that is probably as you said bowling voice they've been fine you know um, siraj harshal patel bonindo hasranga really hasn't done much this right. time around so that's the other side but then yeah the bowling for for you know they obviously gujarat um, they've got shami and rashid khan they mm. both done like really really well um, that would be something right shami yeah. on one side and siraj both bowling test lengths and doing well <laughs> in the ipl yeah and and, and, I, and i guess overall from a bowling you know perspective purple cap you know one and two both of them are in gujarat so it's going to be like you know difficult one i'm i'm sure if if anybody can you know kohli can probably take them down again and do mm. it or we will see right i mean yeah you legend back because they're playing at home now you'll back them to bat first maybe make enough runs to stun the gujarat titans because they'll not want to go into the qualifiers with a defeat right they'll want to keep their engine warm as to say so uh, that's that's going to be a very big challenge for rcb but well they have a chance that's the whole point and as you said there is quite a lot of cracks in that 11 but we hope right that they're going to come through and uh, you know they're going to paper over the cracks the people who are really good will find a way to paper over those cracks and get through right yeah this is one thing i want to just quickly touch upon was our um, mm-hmm. srh um, hyderabad's team selection <laughs> against yeah, us probably could have uh, helped and if mm-hmm. gujarat select any team like that it might mm-hmm. give them their way i don't know if you listened to the interview from uh, from their skipper um right. you know aidan marker had said oh, there are things happening behind behind my back or whatever that to that oh, effect basically so, um mm-hmm. that could help if gujarat uh, decided to rest some key players now that we've made we are anyways going to stop you know let's um rest some key players you never know right 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 look uh, in that case um they they will probably not want to lose their winning momentum and the attitude that gujarat team carries is everyone is a winner in his head right he yeah. can win the game right beat tevatia beat even those big players forget the rashid forget shami forget the big players right even uh, the captain himself has not done much you would expect uh, he would be sort of you know wanting to do something for the team before the qualifiers and get himself going in the meantime um, rajasthan royals have done it it was uh, hetmeyer who rode a couple yeah. of chances and then in the end uh, they brought in dhruv jural as a impact player and he closed the game out for rajasthan so that i think effectively means punjab kings are knocked out right this just uh, coming through now going back uh, look in that game where i think mumbai lost that that was sort of a bit of a surprise wasn't it that uh, they had the momentum in their hands they were rising and they were doing really well suddenly suddenly they sort of lost uh yeah i mean i so far well i i guess just just speaking on mumbai it's generally mm. overall in terms of it's been like you know the lack of um rohit sharma's overall performance wise you know that's that's been the the key takeaway sure they, they haven't had bumra they've lost some players and etc like you know but for me it's it's been rohit sharma's um lack of form you know obviously this particular game you know if picked up surya kumar yadav didn't play but he's generally been okay sort of thing you know um that's one of one big one um and then again that if if you looked at this particular game also like you know rohit sharma what he scored 140 ish kind of you know strike rate and then in between they they got this new player 
well, not, not not new player, but Nehal Vadera. He was another one in terms of, I think, where they lost momentum, um, scoring 16 of 20. So, I think that's right. the middle order hmm. for them. You know, they... Surprisingly, like, you know, Cam Green came pretty late in that game. They, they obviously promoted Nehal Vadera over sort of Cam Green. I would have expected Cam Green, you know, given the fact that Mumbai needed to win um, mm. to, like, you know, be far more comfortable. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still in Mumbai's hands at the minute. Uh, if, if they win their next game, they still, like, you know, put themselves in a good position and then have to wait for what happens between um, Gujarat and uh, RCB. Mm. But yeah, they would they could have potentially made themselves easy because it was not a big enough target. It was just 177. Mm-hmm. Look, there I think they are also struggling for combinations. So uh, they don't have a very good spin lineup. I think Chavla has done his bit pretty well, but he there's no support for him. They have Hrithik Shokin, who's on and off. I don't know. He doesn't play every game, for example. And when it comes to when it comes to their batting, yeah, they have. They have not yet worked out the combination with Nitish Rana going away and then people like that. Um, also, of course, right, the Pandya brothers mainly, right? With them going away, they, they've, they've not completely worked out the combinations that would have been possible for them. Uh, you have yeah. Tim David who's sort of flowering out into a role that Pollard played. Still, Pollard always had um, Anishan Kishan with him on one end or mostly a Pandya with him on the other, you know. And who sort of play the right sort of tempo to get him to finish the games. Here, Vadera is again sort of growing into it. Vishnu, we know that I think he starred in one game. He won Mumbai again, by the way. But again, uh, he's used as an impact player late in the season. And Cam Green, I think he started at three. He was at four. Basically, they expected once Suri Kumar Yadav started coming good between the top three, much like Bangalore, they'll finish games or they'll start finishing games. Right? It didn't happen. Uh, Surya failed. In that game, that was a crucial, crucial uh, link in that uh, in that chase as well. But, but they had the start they needed. All they needed was Surya Kumar to make a 35 or a 40, and the game was done, right? Because Tim David hit those big shots. So almost went to plan. But then the credit has to be given to Krunal Pandya. Mo- mostly Krunal Pandya was keeper, I think. The overs that he retained, the way Yashtakur was used, even though he was costly, right? he backed him to continue delivering. Ravi Bishnoi, I think, uh, quite a revelation as far as LSG are concerned this year. Um, he's been having an up and down season, but he's won them the crucial games. Two or three times he's delivered those spells, which are like 30 for two or 28 for two or 26 for two. And that gives them that edge in a chase or in a defense, right? And Pandey himself, four overs, 27th, no wicket. That's a very, very crucial spell, given that he opened the bowling, right? So when you look at all of this, you can see. At least LSG, even though they've had a lot of, uh, you know, um, they have a lot of reverses uh, because they lost their skipper to injury and a lot of things up and down. But they are still doing really well, much like GT, right? They're they're doing pretty well here. And I would say uh, if LSG were to beat uh, KKR, I, I would back them to come through. And in this case, I somehow think Mumbai suddenly had the splurge but are now on the way down again. They might struggle. So they they don't have a much difficult game, at least from the from the looks of it. They're going to play in Wankhede. It's a high scoring round. They're going to play SRH, go around the way out. Let's just say it's in their hands for sure. But somehow I get the feeling they might not do it. You guys like to contradict that? No, I think um it, it really depends on which team um turns up. I I think Kronal Pandya in the last game pulled a master 
stroke by retiring hard and bringing yeah. Marcus Stone into the era into the and poor and into the into the game. I, I think you, you need to look into that aspect as to he knows the Mumbai Indians in and out, their strategy, think tank and all that. Whereas I don't think SRH, you know, especially in the form that they are in and especially the team that they are picking in. Um, mm. you know, Rohit Sharma will have them for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, you know, <laughs> and Surya right. Kumar Yadav, King David, even even their missus would would go for six. So I mm. do think is that there is that factor that if Tim David, Cam Green, Yadav, Sur- Sky, Rohit Sharma, Ishan, Kishan, that's a power pack batting lineup. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So e- even if two or two of these fire, you know, it's game over. Yeah, the, the thing if you look at it is like you know, um, Surya. He's pretty much all of his big runs this season have come at the bunkere. You know, starting mm. from right at the beginning of the season against against forty three against KKR, fifty second, fifty seven against Punjab. You know, fifty five against the Royals. Um, mm-hmm. The only one eighty three against RCB, and then like you know, sort of hundred and three against the Titans. So he's pretty much like you know made Wankade his fortress. So this last game being played at Wankade, I wouldn't put it past him to like you know get another big score against the Saraj, and that's probably and, and and this is where you know my thing about between RCB and Mumbai in terms of you know which one of them I, I I'm kind of still hedging my best to think like you know it'll come down between those two as to who finishes fourth and uh-huh. RCB. Of- Got the difficult um, game, right. having to play like right. on top of the league GT versus um, Mumbai having to play the bottom of the league. That's where that that is the game. That's probably the the Sunday. I think both of the games are on Sunday, isn't it? So right. it probably is the kind of Super Sunday that's going to like you know define as to who finishes fourth. Hmm. RCB have the last game in hand, so at least yeah. when they start their game, they'll know what they'll need to do. Right. That's the only advantage they carry. Yeah, exactly. We can wrap up this section. Any last thoughts before I ask you for the final four, definitive final four for you guys? No, I mean, I suppose just more a general question to you in terms of like, you know, what have you thought about the overall the impact player? Mm-hmm. Generally, the impact player role. Do you, do, do you see like you know, um, it having had an impact overall in the IPL? According to me, uh, some teams have used it very well. Some not so much. So some teams are still on a learning curve. So teams like Bangalore really haven't figured out how to use it. On the other hand, Rajasthan have done really well. Punjab have done well. Today, Rajasthan Royals did it well. Mumbai have done it well a couple of times, right? Gujarat have done it well. So you can also see, indeed, they have used it as an impact player rather than, uh, you know, making a decision in hindsight. They have actually thought about it ahead of time and said, in a chase. If we 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 have lost the toss, so this guy has to be the impact player in our mind, so that at the end, if we need that additional boost, ten runs in the last couple of balls or something, we can use this guy, or we need him to bowl the last two overs uh, out of three or something like this, right? So that sort of thought process only very few teams have come up with, and they have been more or less successful in converting it into wins. Teams like Bangalore, teams like LSG even didn't I haven't used it very well, I think. So when you look at it, it's sort of a partial success, but it's as a strategy. I think it's here to stay. That it's it has its merits. Yeah, I found it like it's given a lease of life for a few players who would exactly. probably gone the likes of Kedar, Jadav, I do, uh, who uh, like just have to like do the batting, not fielding. Mishra mm. is another one. Mm. Just Paul Foro was and sort of. You know, it's given. I don't know whether Praveen Thambi no, has been no. like. You know, He's not here yeah, this year. I think. Given, no. yeah. given them, yeah, given them an extra lease of life to like you know uh, play another season. I mean, 
Dinesh Karthik, if he wasn't wicketkeeping, exactly. I suspect he would have been a lot more as well and an impact player Again, also. That is the exact move. What I'm saying, Bangalore have missed. They have another keeper in yeah. the eleven. You can include a regular keeper in because I don't think Karthik's keeping has been up to the mark this season. Like he has not been a good finisher. That's definitely the case. But I don't think he did as well as he normally does, even as a keeper. That is a problem for me. So then it's very clear you bring him as the impact hitter if you need him towards. The end. So yeah, it's one of those tough things, right? You like the solidity of his experience in the top order, whatever it delivers, whatever it doesn't is another thing. You are still not surely, uh, you know, you are not fully backing uh, Lumbroor, uh, all of these guys, right? So anyway, that's another story. But yeah, good question. Any last thoughts, Venkat? And then you can give your definitive last four. No, I think this is good. I mean, this has been the most exciting IPL that I've followed in a long time, where everybody, you know, until the last two, three games or four, five games, still mm. were in the in the running. So uh, this is good. This is good for cricket and impact. Uh, the role kind of really helped, um, mm-hmm. you know, further the cause. Your definitive uh, last four. Yeah, um, my definitive last four is how the table stands right now. Um, uh, so I would say, you know, obviously GT, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then followed by CSK, LSG, RCB. Um, but uh-huh. RCB, you know, uh, that's just because you know I'm a I'm a Kohli fan too. <laughs> so that's the only mm. reason, and I think. Uh, if at all anybody deserve R- RCB just for their fans deserve uh, an IPL well let's not go there but sure thank you <laughs> good to hear <laughs> from a Chennai fan <laughs> alright yours uh, Srini uh, mine will be I think Gujarat Chennai Lucknow and I'm going to go uh-huh. Mumbai um, primarily because of the fact like Mumbai are playing the last game at the Wankhede and they're playing like the bottom of the league Raj- um, RCB is a side like now playing the top of the league so that's I wouldn't write off RCB, but I think I probably, if I was a betting man, I would have probably put my money on Mumbai rather than RCB. Just the way they fix it. So you're sure neither LSD nor Chennai will stumble? No, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident they both will kind of, you know, um, get through. Fair, yeah. enough, fair enough. So my my last four will be the same as Venkat's. I'm hoping RCB will make it. <laughs> I, I can't see Chennai stumbling. And LSG, I think they have enough in the tank to win one more game comfortably, right? So, and then the last more important question, who will win the tournament this time? First Venkat, maybe? Oh, yeah, that's a tough spot. That's a mm-hmm. tough spot. Heart mm-hmm. says um, Chennai. Of course. Head says GT. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Heart says Chennai, Head says Gujarat. All right. Um, you know, Gujarat have beaten Chennai like what is it, three or whatever mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. So, right. Art says Chennai, head says Gujarat. So for me, this pains me, but I have to say it. Art says Bangalore, head says Chennai. I've been backing Chennai from the beginning of the tournament or midway through the tournament, let's just say, and I'm going to stick to Chennai. I think uh, Tala will pull something out of the hat. Something special will be done in those last three games. I back Chennai to do that. Let's see. Let's see if this is the uh, this is the possibility. All right. Now, if you were to move on, uh, we have some interesting news. So, one of the coaching appointments we already discussed. The other interesting coaching appointment is Grant Bradburn, the New Zealander, who was sort of in a consultancy basis during the New Zealand series in Pakistan, has now been appointed full-time coach for two years. 
right? Pakistan's men's head coach. Andrew Putik has signed a two-year deal as a batting coach. Cliff Deacon will be the strength and conditioning coach, rather the physiotherapist and conditioning coach will be Rikas Shaiman, right? So he's also been a fielding coach of the side and then he was at the NCA. So he's a very, very well-known quantity, Rand Bradburn. And also I think his style suits the Pakistani approach. You have, of course, team director Mickey Arthur sort of looking on from the sidelines a bit more, uh, also sort of trying to structure things. With Najam Sethi coming in as the uh, board chairman, I think they're going back to some of their older choices, some of their some of their uh, favorites. So for you, any surprise? Because I think people like Ms. Ba and I think Miandad had some very uh, strong things to say about it. Um, I'm, I mean, it's a, it's a surprising pick for me. I mean, um, yes, he's been there and stuff like that, but it's like, it, it's it's harder to get my head around the fact, like, you know, uh, the because I would have thought, like, when the Nizam Sidi came back, they would have gone with another, mm. uh, somebody from Pakistan, you know, in terms of um, that as well. So it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a hard one to, like, you know, sort of get around. I mean, I was reading the interview and, like, um, Mickey Arthur saying something about, like, you know, they want to play the Pakistan way, mm. which is kind of a new philosophy they're coming up with and things like that, you know, following on. And, and then saying, oh, it, Everybody else will then want to follow the Pakistan way. But then he says, like, you know, Pakistan way will be based on Pakistan's culture and everything. I'm thinking, well, why would somebody like in Australia want to play Pakistan way if it's based on Pakistan's culture and how they are, mm. uh, teams play and et cetera and things like that? It's, I, I think one of the things with Pakistan is like, you know, it's irrelevant to the coaches. It depends on like, you know, they, they always have X factor bowlers. That is what has always won them tournaments and everything else. Um, hmm. and then they can like, you know, completely mess up or win. So I, I don't know how much like, you know, um, a foreign coach will, will help Pakistan, you know, in terms of hmm. from, from my perspective, it's like, you know, I would have expected more somebody from Pakistan, but, but let's see, like, maybe they're becoming more professional. All right. Venkat, anything to add? Yeah. I think Srini stole my line. <laughs> I was surprised too that you find there's, Nobody from Pakistan being in the being in the in the in the coaching setup, right? I mean, usually this is not. Um, and I think mm. as a country, they are going through a a lot transition. So you know, I think this feel of uh, the Pakistan way. What is it? You know, I think it, as as he said, um, and I completely agree. It has been a, a really bowling powerhouse that has you know, kind of won them a lot of battles. So, yeah, we will wait to see. Um, but it is it is definitely surprising. I would like to strike a note of balance here. That is, the people who've come and coached in Pakistan, be it Mickey Arthur, you know, be it uh, Grant Bradburn, who was previously the fielding coach, right? So, they have understood what the culture is all about. So, they as coaches have evolved to understand and sort of inclusively also keep that culture going. So you have these maverick players. So it be it batsmen or bowlers, mainly bowlers, of course. Their continued strength will be bowling. But they have these maverick players who will suddenly come out of nowhere, blast onto the scene and then do really well for a short period of time. Once the discovery is over, they, they struggle and some of them settle in and stay in the team. Some of them fall out. Like people like Umar Akmal and so on, right? When it comes to batting. <laughs> so when you, when you look at that, I think the culture is now trying to also 
get the most out of the likes of that umar akmal right who has the talent but is very temperamental so that is the typical way so in this case what they are trying to do is one is professionalism is already there much in pakistan cricket much like ipl what ipl did to revolutionize indian cricket psl is doing that for pakistan cricket you see much more dedication on the field much more commitment when it comes to um, all the other things that are going on behind the scenes like training and those things dieting and all of those but the most important thing you don't lose your unique let's say the unique flavor of your style of play but then you still grow in the other departments slowly on the finals day what happened when india lost to uh, pakistan in the champions league final if you remember champions trophy final there was a batter who stood up the maverick uh, fakar zaman and made that 100 he snatched the chance after he was stripped of no ball if you remember but then the other part of it was the bowling came good which it <laughs> inevitably does right when it comes to bigger tournaments so that's the balance so i'm thinking they are doing everything in their power to make sure both halves are held up the traditionally maverick nature of the uh, play but the strong basis on which you fall back the discipline the fielding the fitness the strength all of these things right so that's where the role of the foreign coach comes in the attitude will always be there so i think sethi was at the helm when misba was both the captain and potentially the coach if i'm not wrong right so he's seen that also you have a lot of excellent indigenous talent um when it comes to akib javed bakar yunus has been there multiple times so they know that there are good coaches there right they also have a wonderful setup at nca at lahore where the coaches of nca can immediately take over as the coach of the country that's how it is much like how they are doing it in india right so this sort of model is there but they also want to professionalize their setup from inside out that also means somebody like mickey arthur looking at how the leagues are run so with imran khan coming in always the prime minister of pakistan is the patron of the board and he had a different idea he wanted to make it more like australian structure where there are only six teams and they had to compete among each other to be really good and it took a lot to get into the state team something like this is what imran had in mind but then the structure into which imran himself came and then what has been sort of supporting pakistan cricket is the department structure as it's called where you have multiple agencies mostly private institutions banks cement companies these are the people who support the domestic structure so now they have gone back to that so is there a balance there as well that's what i think somebody like mickey arthur can do because don't forget mickey arthur has been the head coach is been the consultant and also he has seen enough cricketing structures around the world in south africa in england after all he is also a full time coach of derbyshire still right so with all of these things in mind i think they are trying to strike the balance where they get the best of both worlds uh, whether they'll achieve it remains to be seen uh, what do you guys think i i mean i agree with you i think where where i'm at like you know in terms of the fundamentals is more about like you know the not so much the cricketing culture hmm. but the overall sort of you know subcontinental culture of which i think that you can historically agree in 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 kind of you know in pakistan is more mm. sort of media uh, you know ex bowlers going ex players going to the media and driving it and and sort of that kind of thing you know whether somebody from i mean yeah to, to your point about like there's been like lots of i suppose foreign coaches who've come there who've succeeded you know whether it's um going all the way back to like you no know, babul mar onwards mm-hmm. um etc they they they've had like you no know, success with more foreign coaches than they probably have with with domestic coaches pre imran khan it was a completely different thing 
they i think the coaches at that point were irrelevant to simran who was leading the entire show completely um i think now you know it's probably babarazam isn't isn't at the same level you no know, is 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 at like you know personally is at mixed fortunes in terms of you know his overall um game so i guess there's there's been a lot more of like you know, he he's got to still deliver right now uh, i suppose they're all focusing on on the OE, odi world cup you know that's kind of the focus rather than rather than the test side of it mm. and uh, whichever way you look at it like you know they when it comes to white ball i think you can never write off pakistan it's it's they they are always be there especially coming to like you no know, tournaments and stuff like that even even going back to the like you know lost um tournament in australia mm-hmm. on on a point where you know, there there was this all sorts of memes going around saying like you know pakistan are going to flying home to suddenly them completely turning it around so typically. i think you mm. yeah you can there typically can never write it around so that that way in in sense you know focusing on and i suppose when you get someone who's not a high profile again you know goes back to the the conversation we had i think at the right at the beginning of the podcast saying like you know you don't necessarily bring in um great players as coaches you know somebody who's been not that a big name mm. will still can succeed so this this may be like you know um, as you as you say potentially someone who can who can like in you know, a sort of be more on the background and kind of just bring the best out of the players kind of by default come in pull pull more out of it out of them and potentially see will will probably see the first one is the asia cup i guess before the world cup right um that's that's probably where we'll see like you know in terms of the impact that is and especially someone who's it's not someone they've just brought out from you know out of the blue it's someone who's been with them as a consultant etc for the last few months looked at them in terms of games and kind of identified where they probably need improvement you know i mean at this level it's all about fine tuning rather than coaching how to play a cricket shot or how to bowl a delivery at this level so mm-hmm. yeah I, i wouldn't i mean they they will always be one of my favorites in terms of you know any white ball tournament they go into interestingly enough especially playing in 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 the subcontinent mm-hmm. um yeah i would i wouldn't i wouldn't write them off fair enough thank you yeah i mean from yeah th- th- we will need to see pakistan are very mercurial right? if there is one word to describe them and they have always maintained that um brand mm-hmm. of cricket so it depends on which team turns up on that day suddenly you can have them beating the world's highest score or them are uh, collapse to about uh, you know 50 for 5 and then fizzle out of a tournament so we'll we'll wait mm-hmm. to see what kind of impact the coaching um the new setup has on on their outcome but i think i do agree that P, uh, the psl has done a lot to f- first of all free up um, people uh, cricketing players from from uh, fin- financially um and also give the much needed practice in the absence of the packed international calendar that they used to have the international mm. exposure that pakistan budding players need in terms of media or you know whatever i think those things all augur well for pakistan's cricket but we'll wait to see uh, how it all translates into success so i think uh before we go on to more serious topics a couple of slightly uh, slightly disturbing ones so one well danushka gunatilaka uh, who was uh, arrested in sydney in november last year when he was touring with the sri lankan team he had four charges pressed against uh, him in the courts there and 
three of those have been dropped so this mostly related to sexual assault and rape but uh, certain things i think uh, this is one of those also maybe a difference in culture sort of a thing but when you look at some of the things that he was charged with uh, that they look quite horrific but then um, i think at least uh, one of those charges remain and it remains to be seen how uh, whether he'll be proven innocent i for me um sri lanka has been really you know bad travelers um i i i, I generalize this but also that's because uh, we did have instant number of instances of breaches when they were traveling around in mm, uk mm. during pandemic there were a couple oh, yeah. of, um, um you know team members who were sanctioned and so i i think as a um you know and in, in all the other sporting events as well they have um you, you do hear um news often that sri lankan team either you know goes out into town creating chaos or disappearing um you know not returning i think it's it's there it's there it's something to be addressed at a, at a different level i suppose and some kind of education also helps because when you you know sporting obviously opens up a lot of travel internationally for uh, people who would not otherwise you know be be privileged to to do that and i think that um, you know factor p- plays in a lot um mm-hmm. it's it's matter of education and 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 people like probably you know mutheya muralidharan and uh, sangakara mahela can can you know can look into more structural changes within the board so that youngsters are are given the right kind of tools and training but yeah mm. this is an this is an ongoing problem of any um you know budding cricketing nation or budding um you know country you know when they when they are thrown out into a different culture don't know how to handle it yeah and also i mean look they also have some setup uh, issues there but not going too deep into that this is more of a player um, discipline yeah. issue and i think he, he was clearly in uh, in uh, violation of curfews there when he found somebody on a dating app and so on so uh, there's a lot to be said there but uh, not going too much into detail you would still say that um most of the things he is accused of you would not get away anywhere so and uh, if such were to be the case you know that justice system will take its own time in this case some of his costs will be borne by the board and as a player he's 32 now and i don't know if there's a way back for him even if he's completely proven innocent and you know he would have lost 7 uh, 8 months of his life and a very harrowing period it's not easy right knowing that these charges hang uh, in the air and like a sword right on top of your head so it's, it's never that easy but okay uh, all that apart um, let's see if you know he's also acquitted on the final charge shrini uh, any parting thoughts no i mean I, i to be honest i've not really been following that story at all you know but um, yeah to your last point about like you know sort of you're missing out almost you know i think the, it's it's still not finished so there's still some more you know in terms of the case kind of going and depending on what happens you know you would have probably missed out almost Uh, a year of his which means hmm, hmm. again he then has to like you know sort of get up into you know performance and and stuff like that so if if he's not there for playing for the qualifiers for the world cup etc that means his opportunity for the world cup is probably gone which kind of puts yeah at at the age you're talking about you know it's it's seems difficult and unlikely that he's is likely to come back mm-hmm. indeed that's going to be quite some issue um the other less than nice news um this guy has been a great player in his time heat streak 
but uh, it's been on the way down he was convicted or uh, he was sort of uh, convicted for uh, you know uh, trying to influence players uh, introducing them to bookies and so on now it's come to light that he's battling cancer former captain a very very important player and he was a part of the setup as well right so he's undergoing treatment in south africa we here and he remains in good spirits but uh, suddenly what a turn life can take right yeah that's that, that one was difficult one to you know kind of look at i mean even i think those charges were like um, they they still was more he was providing in, in um, insider information in international games isn't it really didn't and i know it's kind of slightly different terms you know you didn't fix the game but it's still corruption but um, yeah that that's another one you know kind of obviously we've seen in our own game you know yuvraj singh sort of coming through so fingers crossed for you know his uh, hit streak you know he hopes to come back he's obviously been there like you know, from a coaching perspective as well in terms of with kkr mm-hmm. as a bowling coach and all of those things so yeah all you can hope for is like you no know, good luck to him and he hope he comes out of that stronger and well absolutely uh, anything to add venkat yeah it is um, it is sad news and then like, you know by far zimbabwe's best bowler and and uh, uh, you know had contributed to a lot of subcontinent cricket in terms of mm-hmm. coaching as well so yeah it is um, uh, also he was um, closer to home you know he was the captain for uh, warwickshire county club which we are not far away from so you know i think um, yeah there is mm-hmm. there is um, you know a lot of um, you know kind of connection to where where we are um currently playing so uh, i think yeah it's a sad news and hope um you know there is um there is light at the end of the tunnel absolutely and uh, we wish him and his family all the best this is never a easy journey to undergo but um, i'm sure uh, you know he's a very combative person a very combative player in his days and uh, he'll probably come uh, out fighting and uh, you know on the other side we'll see him again up and on the up so we wish to see that day as soon as possible as cricket fans now the last news i wanted to discuss today really is the england squad that's been uh, declared for the ireland test i mean look johnny best has proven his fitness he's played a couple of county games he's even made a couple of uh, relevant scores if i'm not wrong and uh, he comes straight back into the squad but then at the cost of ben folks probably you guys uh, are closer to the ground there and you follow more about uh, the english uh, county season potentially so what are your thoughts on the squad any outliers anybody you thought really missed out apart from of course folks or you thought he didn't miss out i would like to hear your thoughts on this uh folks definitely missed out for me i mean uh, yeah best or uh, i know you said in in terms of the county wise you know folks has actually got half century and 100 this is right at the beginning of you know the county season in in april mm-hmm. you know, in comparison to like you know and you even um the, the new zealand series overall i think not just this particular one i think overall folks has probably been badly treated i mean they had like um only pope as the wicketkeeper for the couple of games out in pakistan in terms of the test and then folks only came in for the last test and then they played mm. those couple of inconsequential tests in new zealand where folks was the keeper so i i think it this is this is almost more like you no know, trying to fit in they just wanted to fit in best or somewhere so they've dropped um folks really they um zack crawley 
even if even if they wanted Bersto, in my view, would have been like you know, drop Zach Crawley and get Bersto to open. You know, if that's where they needed in and and have folks in on, I think everybody agrees on par. Like you know, folks is a better wicketkeeper than Johnny Bersto. Bersto has right. not really had any cricket for the last year. I think last he played was in September. So just one game, you know, before the Ashes. Um, yeah, I think. For me, definitely very, very unlucky, folks. Okay. So, I have a counterpoint. I think they are treating this as a preparation for the Ashes. So, come the come the Ashes squad, folks will be there. He'll be your first choice keeper. This is a way to allow Johnny Bairstow to get in the squad, get a, get his you know, feet wet as, as it comes to, you know, uh, coming back from a break is concerned. And this is only a stopgap. I'm really thinking, you know, for a five uh, test Ashes series, folks will be there. I dare say he'll be there at least keeping three games out of five. Right? You have Ollie Pope, you have Johnny Bairstow. But then I think somebody like Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence, Dan Lawrence is sort of on the side. I mean, he's sort of in the reserves, you may as well say. But uh, Zach Crawley sort of been given another chance, right? So if he doesn't do much between him, Ben Duckett, People that who are there in the squad, so they will probably miss out, and then Johnny Bester will remain, and folks will come back into the squad. Look, the other additions for me, um, Chris Wokes has been brought back in again. It's a similar sort of a thing for me. Uh, they are trying to get those guys going because it's a long summer, um, you know, and they are also thinking all the way up to potentially the World Cup as well up to end of October and so on, right? So for them, they want all of these people sort of fit and firing. It's May and into June and they want to get these people going. So for me, even Matthew Potts is in the squad, right? And then um, what I would have liked to have seen is potentially another spinner in the squad. So there's only Jack Leach here. Thinking along same lines, right? So you would want another spinner at least in and around the squad uh, to try and, um, you know, learn with the squad. So, they have a couple of very young, good spinners in the background, including Rahan and Hamad, right? Amir Vardi, all of these people. I, I would like to see those guys um, get a chance and uh, come in and try to learn with the team. I think James Anderson is also in the squad. I have a, I have a feeling unless he's 110% fit, they'll probably just bench him, right? So, you'll have Vokes, Ollie Robinson, and maybe even Matthew Potts taking on the new ball attack. I think Stoke Broad will not want to let it go because it will be Stoke Broad, Ollie Robinson and Chris Wokes will probably be the fast bowling attack. Jack Leach will make up the bowling. We've seen that um, Ben Stokes is not in a position to actually bowl much. I think he's going to build into the fitness, even into the ashes. He's going to build up the fitness. So when I look at the squad, it's sort of uh, people like Mark Wood won't play. I have a feeling, right? So this is my thoughts. So let's see if this really comes through. I, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely hope Works gets picked up, you know, on in in the rest of the tournament uh, for the Ashes. Mark Wood, I suspect, will play because again they need. Um, you're right, sort of, you know, they they. I I don't think yeah, Mark Wood, Anderson, or Broad, either of them will play all fighters in the Ashes. They will definitely that all three of them will be will be rotated potentially. All each of them will kind of play, you know, in different combinations, three tests. Um, I don't, because especially the fact that the fighters are condensed into five weeks, mm-hmm. uh, they all will play completely like you know, sort of slightly different when in terms of talking about the action stuff. The last time India came to for the World Test Championship, New Zealand mm. played two tests against England before that and kind of you know got a nice preparation. India just came in cold, 
this right. time around australia are, we are giving australia you know the world test championship as a proper preparation for the ashes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's my way of looking to say like no australia are going to use the world test championship as you know i'm, I'm sure uh, england are probably unhappy if they had the way they wanted to probably given them but you know unfortunately like you know it's a nice kiss you can mankatan uh, we were talking you know, i think you know, on our podcast in terms of saying like you know uh-huh. there, there is no generally said you know uh match preparation is probably the best you know if you play into match conditions this is proper intensive cricket like you know it's a world test championship final you can't get a better better preparation for the ashes than this playing you know in in england um hmm. slightly like you know sort of which which hopefully like you know if other than even if if i mean again i i i probably right at the off side like you know given up on india winning the world test championship this time around that one um that said like you know yeah australia will like go in into the ashes well prepared i think well at least uh, ricky ponting said that uh, he'll uh, you know uh, he'll back australia because of uh, the location oval as well right? they have a stellar record which 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 was a strange one to hear like i mean as far as we've seen like you know usually the ovals more spin friendly than its pace it's always at the end of the asha Uh, well any english summer the last game is on the over and it's more like you know morley's got an 8 for or 10 for in, in in there you know in a match etc so it's, it's probably more even the, the couple of spinners from perspective you mentioned like you know with the etc again playing for sari sari's probably provided more spinners than you know cuz the over spin more spin friendly the most spin friendly ground i would say like you know across in in the whole of england so we'll see how how that one goes exactly but well i mean australia do have that balded goat mr yeah. nathan lane we'll see how that goes indeed so before i let you guys go one final question will anderson retire at the end of this summer at least no uh, looking at his fitness probably not he seems to be like you know just getting warmed up now venkat i do think he would hang his boots especially um you know ashes at home mm. I think it's a logical conclusion. Exactly. That's just me. No, I I'm going by your thoughts. I mean if England win the Ashes more so, but even if they don't, yeah. I think this might be the swan song summer as far as Anderson is concerned. And Ashes at home bowling in front of home crowds saying goodbye. Bowling potentially from his own end from the end he was named after. Uh out of the end that was named after him. All right. Those were all the those were all the topics and uh, additional discussions that we had planned for this specific episode it's gone on a little bit of a lower pace than i had anticipated but it's okay wonderful chat thank you very much to both of you venkat and shrini and uh, i think uh, i i got the hint when shrini uh, told us at the beginning of the episode it's been a few episodes uh, since he was guesting on this podcast i'll pick it up i'll make sure you guys are invited more often because this chat has been wonderful thank you very much yeah thank you very much fantastic thank you so before we let you go would you like to also shout out about your podcast where our listeners can reach out to you yes um you can reach out to us on yellow and blues um again as as this is unlike um ajit's podcast we are probably more india focused and india centric and like you know especially as the name suggests ipl focused mm-hmm. and csk mm-hmm. focused so yeah definitely 
do listen to us at yellow and blues we are available on spotify and all the other podcast platforms and to give a like and review perfect thank you once again and uh, we wish all our listeners also a very good day wherever they may be listening from bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast <laughs>